Staying connected in a disconnected world is more important than ever. FSD Community, brought to you by Food Service Director and Menu Directions Conference, is a secure online platform designed to help non-commercial food service industry professionals through year-round education and networking. Membership is free for operators. Visit foodservicedirector.com slash community slash FSDC to learn more. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Dig In. I'm Kelsey Nash, Editor-in-Chief of Food Service Director. On today's episode, Julianne Pepitone speaks with Robert Dara, the Director of Dining Services at Legacy Retirement Communities in Lincoln, Nebraska. She learns how he and his team pivoted on a dime back in March when the coronavirus first took hold here in the U.S. and how they're looking forward. Here's Julianne with more. Robert, I'd love for you to bring us back to March. You actually shut things down early and switched to full room service to keep your residents safe, even before the national guidelines came out. Can you walk me through that decision and how you pulled that off? Because it was a major change to your usual food service. Well, absolutely. Uh, Every week uh, I meet with the executive team and uh, the owner of our company. We basically visit about operations, uh, budgets, uh, things like that. And we had been keeping an eye on the national news, uh, keeping an eye on the pandemic, um, not really making too much of an adjustment um, until that Friday morning, uh, we were in a meeting. And I specifically remember that Friday morning uh, at 1030, the decision was made ahead of any type of health department guidelines or any national guidelines the decision was made to shut down all of our dining operations and go 100% room service. And that was at 1030 in the morning. So that was March 13th, you said? That was March 13th, 2020. And so uh, six short hours later, we went from five-star dining, you know, we're talking, uh, you know, the white tablecloths, the silver, the china, everything from five-star dining into a dining room um, to basically room service. Uh, We converted it in six hours. So basically, we went from being wide open um, to basically self-imposed shutdown. Wow. Wow. And I know that that's, that would be hard for any operation to pull off, but I know at Legacy, it was a huge part. The food, high quality food and service are really an important part of life and, and was an important part of why your founder created these communities. So I know that must've been a, a challenging decision. It definitely was. And one of the, the bigger challenges, um, we are set up to do room service but we usually do between 15 and 20 uh, room service deliveries a day uh, just for the fact that, you know, coming down to the dining room is, a, is an experience uh, like no other for our residents to enjoy their, their meals. Um, so in six short hours, I have uh, three executive chefs that uh, run each of our communities and they just pull together like a small army brigade and were able to uh, secure to-go supplies and everything that we needed to make sure that every resident was fed and that we didn't miss a heartbeat. It was a, a well-oiled operation. We were able to pull it off. And like, I was impressed with my staff. It, it was a six-hour turnaround and uh, we went full room service right, right after that. Unbelievable. And that's over 700 residents. Is that correct? Correct. And that's serving three meals a day to each apartment. Wow. Wow. So how were you, what was kind of the temperature in the room during all of this? Um, Were people nervous, energized? What, what was the feeling? Well, in our, in our executive meetings, you know, the, the first thing had always been, you know, what is best for our residents? What is the high priority is their safety. 
And so the, the feeling around the room was of nervousness. I mean, back in March, there was a lot of uncertainty. And across the country, people didn't know really what to expect, what was coming, what was going to happen. Um, so I guess you could call it a preemptive strike when our, our ownership decided, you know, let's do what's right for our residents before it gets into our communities and it starts to infect everyone, let's close down now, which proved to be very, very successful. We closed down in March. We had zero cases of COVID-19. Um, the first case showed up, I think, late September. Um, so it was, a, it was a good move on our part to, to shut down when we did. Um, but the feeling after we talked about it, they looked at me with a little nervousness, can you pull this off? And I said, absolutely. Um, we have a dedicated team at each one of our communities, and when they get a direction, they just take it and go with it. Um, there was no um, questioning of it. Um, everyone was on board that this is the right thing to do. And as we, we went forward, and then as time would tell, it was the right thing to do because we kept the COVID at bay, um, like I said, until late September. It's unbelievable, especially you know, we're almost a year into this now. It's it's hard to think back to March 13th and how how little we knew. And you you have 700, more than 700 folks who are of advanced age. And we know that unfortunately, especially here on the East Coast, the senior living facilities have been hit really hard by COVID. So it's just, it's incredible that your first case didn't even show up until September. Well, and I'll be honest with you, we have had COVID cases in our community. I mean, it's inevitable, um, but they've been very low. And when I say low, you know, we're talking 30 cases total um, to date. Um, so it's been very, very, very low infection rate, which we've been very proud of just for the fact that we're doing all of the preventative measures um, to keep it at bay. Uh, one of our big themes was we're not going to let COVID control us. We're going to control COVID. And we're going to do everything we can to make sure that our residents' lives aren't impacted to the point where they're basically at a standstill. We decided, you know, we're going to move forward and we're going to basically do what we need to do um, just to keep COVID at bay and then keep our residents as happy as possible. So you go from in a space of six hours on March 13th from serving maybe a couple of room service meals to 2,100 a day. And then just a few weeks later, I know you were telling me that things changed again. You were able to transition back into serving your full menu, albeit in a different manner. Can you walk us through that? Oh, absolutely. So we, uh, we got through about two and a half to three weeks of doing room service to every apartment. Um, residents were allowed to come out of their apartments. I don't want you to think that they were all just sequestered their apartments. They could come out of their apartments and roam the building, um, but everything was delivered basically to their apartment to keep everyone apart. Once we received further direction from the CDC and our local health department and our governor, um, we put together a plan to where it's like, okay, if we follow the social distance guidelines that have been provided to us and we do things safely and effectively, how could we get our residents' lives back to somewhat normal? So what we did, um, we went to each floor and we basically established a food line, um, a large scale buffet, if you would like to call it, to where each night we are now offering our full menu on each floor. Um, our residents come out of their apartment. They uh, are wearing masks, um, just like our servers are wearing masks and gloves and face shields. Um, they stay six feet apart. 
they come up to the food station. They basically point at what they would like and, and converse with the staff. The staff um, package it to go in these really nice, eco-friendly, recyclable containers um, that keep the food really hot for about a half hour. Um, they take all of their food and they either go back to their apartment and eat it. They go to another resident's apartment and eat it. Um, so we're able to basically um, almost be back to normal. We'd like to be back in our dining rooms. And unfortunately at this time, we cannot do that. Um, but the alternative was let's take our menu to the residents. And so instead of just having uh, room service with just, you know, you call the, the uh, hotline and you get your one order of whatever you want, uh, they're allowed now to come to our food stations um, and basically select the, the three main entrees that we have, the four starches, the eight salads, the three vegetables, um, two desserts. We offer soup every night with um, assorted breads. So it's the full menu that they could normally choose from in the dining room, um, but we're producing it now at each food station. It's been very, very well received. Um, the residents, you know, it's, it's not the same dining experience as being served on a china plate uh, by a waiter, but um, we're still able to take them what they're accustomed to um, without compromising the quality. Um, it's just, it's a neat way to get them, I guess, re-energized back into their food program um, without bringing back to the dining room. And how important has that been for the residents to have some, yes, it's not being served in the same way, but they're able to enjoy the same great food. How important has that been for their quality of life? Well, I will tell you, food, food solves everything. I think even if, <laughs> we, right. weren't talking, if we weren't talking about senior dining, if we were talking about just you or I, uh, you know, food makes your day. Um, you know, it either makes or breaks your day. If you go to a restaurant and you get takeout and you get it home and it's just horrible, it ruins your whole day. So believe me, our residents, they, they look forward to their dining experience. They look forward to the meals. And so, you know, when they come out, it's kind of a twofold. They get that socialization. They get to talk to the, the service staff. You know, how is your day? A lot of our staff go to call our high school and college. You're like, how is school today? You know, what's new in your life? They get that social interaction. And then they get their, they, again, like I said, they have um, a, just abundance of choices now uh, for them to choose from. And it just, it really does give them a sense of, uh, of normalcy, um, being able to participate in the meals this way. And I'd like to dig into some of how you're pulling all this off operationally. What were some of the toughest challenges you faced and how did you work with suppliers, your staff, how did you get equipment? All of what you're talking about is really quick changes and very different from what you were doing before. Well, that's, a, that's an awesome question. And I'll go back to the 13th. We sat down with um, our dining room captains uh, that are all in charge of the evening meal service. We brought them together and we said, okay, we have a plan on how to serve our residents every night in the dining room. We need to now decipher how are we gonna divide up our staff and how are we gonna attack room service? Um, within two hours, they all had a plan on, on how we were going to deliver um, to each floor, to each apartment in an efficient manner to where the food stayed hot, the residents were served in, in under 30 minutes. That went really well. Then um, we sat down, it's like, okay, we're going to shift gears. We're now going to start serving on buffet stations in every hallway. Tell me how we're going to do it. And we all got together in a think tank and basically just mapped it out on the wall with big charts and decided this is where we'll staff here. This is how the food will get to A to B. Um, you know, we created positions. We had a, 
quite a number of uh, waiters each night in our, our grand dining rooms. Well, we took them and made some of them food runners. So they're bringing hot food that's being batch cooked from the kitchens to the buffet line. So the food is, is being served and turned over every 15 minutes. So everything was staying nice and hot. One of the biggest concerns that we came up with and one of the things that we uh, had the challenge was, was basically equipment. It's like, we don't have enough buffet equipment to do this. Um, we do a lot of special events. We do a lot of major holidays. We do big buffets where we have chafing pans, display pieces, uh, just like any other senior um, uh, community would have. But we only had enough to do it in our grand dining room to where you have a grand buffet. So at that point, I reached out to our suppliers um, who basically bent over backwards and said, yes, we will do whatever it takes to get your residents fed. Um, it was more about taking care of our residents and not a business sale. Um, so I had a meeting. You mean like they weren't being competitive with each other? Correct. I had uh, two suppliers that I met with um, who in the same room said, yes, we'll do whatever we can to get you the things you need. And I think I should probably back up. When we first switched over to the um, to-go items, one of our suppliers couldn't give us all of the to-go items that we needed. So that secondary supplier stepped up and said, hey, we know that you don't buy from us that quantity, but we need to take care of your residents. So they really stepped up to the plate. And without being competitive, they were ready to go. Um, they, they supplied us what we needed. So fast forward back to that buffet equipment. So you know, we just didn't have enough of the items that we needed um, my suppliers um, got together. They had things um, shipped very, very quickly, did not charge us any additional shipping costs to get it here in a week. Um, and basically they pulled through like gangbusters, getting us everything that we needed to make sure that we could pull off um, putting buffet stations on three floors in four communities. I mean, that's a lot of equipment we had to buy in less than three weeks. And uh, it all worked out in the end um, to where they were, they were very gracious and grateful to help us and vice versa. We were very just honored and floored that the, the relationship that we have with our, our suppliers, um, it's not just a business relationship. It's they have our residents' well-being in mind as well. And you could tell when um, we asked them to step up to the plate and they really did come through for us. You know, it's so nice to hear kind of the heartwarming aspects of what has obviously been a very difficult year for everyone, uh, including many in the food service industry. Robert, thank you so much for the great chat. Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure visiting with you as well. That was Robert Dara, Director of Dining Services at Legacy Retirement Communities in Nebraska. And I'm Julianne Pepitone for Food Service Director. Get more insightful content like what you just heard on this podcast on the FSD community. Go to foodservicedirector.com slash community slash FSDC to learn more.